host, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that is the perfect way to start this. How are you going? Uh, yeah. I'm Liam. Uh, we've got Dylan here, and we have G'day. no idea what this show is called. Um, we're still running we with still nothing. We still don't have a name. Uh, and we invited our good friend along today, Stefan, and actually, first of all, say day, Stefan. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> I was just going to sit creepily here and not say anything. <laughs> And my first question is, how the fuck do I pronounce your last name? Well, I mean, like, yeah, the short answer is you just don't, you know. It's like, oh, Stefan from down the road, <laughs> Stefan from choir practice, whatever, you know. Bullshit, you used to be in a choir. I actually did, yeah. Um, and I was, because I was, it was an all boys choir and they needed guys to sing the girls parts. And uh, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was the guy. <laughs> and how'd that work out for you socially? I was, yeah. I mean, like, it was year seven, like. Puberty, you know, I'm still obviously waiting for that to, to hit me. So, I was Same the perfect here, candidate. Is it like that Simpsons scene where Homer's singing in the church and Abraham's really proud of him because he's got a beautiful choir voice and then he just enters puberty midway through the song? That, that's what I was hoping would happen, but it just it just never happened. <laughs> right, I, you just never hit. We have a lot in common. I have that exact same problem. I'm still waiting to go through puberty. And also... People have a hard time trying to uh, decide what my last name, like how my last name is pronounced. Honestly, yeah. Like I wouldn't be brave enough to attempt it. My, my last name? Yeah. I mean, like I know my last name. <laughs> Prove it. How do you pronounce it? Um, Sepulveda. Okay. Stefan Sepulveda, how are you doing? Yeah, pretty good, guys. Pretty good. How are you guys? <laughs> pretty- <laughs> yeah, not good. Yeah, not bad, man. All right, so we and um, Liam Ganane. That's it. That's how you pronounce my last name. <laughs> so we uh, we got <laughs> Stefan on. Um, for those who don't know, what who are you, Stefan? Like, what what do you do? Like, wh- well, you know, when I'm not uh, you know working at a call center, I actually uh, play guitar and sing in a band called Snark. Awesome. And yeah, uh, you guys have uh, released like a few like singles lately. Like, tell us about those. Yeah, so uh, a couple of singles about. Uh, good life decisions. First one's called Wasted. That dropped a few months ago. <laughs> uh, second one, uh, whatever, never mind, came out a couple of weeks ago. And um, yeah, they're just off the EP that's dropping uh, next week. So I don't know when this is released. They both this- absolutely bang. They both absolutely yeah. fuck. I'm actually a really big fan of your stuff. Snark was a band that um, we met a really long time ago. Like it probably was one of the first shows that we've ever. I met Stephen back. Like- um, through Geordie Peterson from Frequency. Oh, what yeah. a guy. Yeah. So Geordie and Dinesh and myself and Stefan all went out on a photo shoot last night. And I think at first either you were quiet or I was quiet, but by the end of the night you were just talking mad shit. And I was just like, absolutely. And then when his band dropped their first music video, there was a massive Jure sticker on the guitar, which used to be my uh, my old band. And I was like, what? <laughs> I've, still, I've still got that. That's still on the guitar. Has it devalued it like significantly? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I tried to sell it and just didn't want to borrow it. But then we ended up uh, playing a show with you guys in Reside back in like 2017 or like a, cu- a handful of shows, I think. Yeah, it was probably like our third show or something like that. Some, I, I, was it with Clove or... No, no, no. Uh, so there was the clothes show and then there was the snark show. It was, there was two different occasions we played at the reverence. We played at the rev. Ah, uh, yep. Right? That'd be it. Yeah. It's all the haze. You guys have definitely yeah. been like around long enough for me to be fanboying over you already though. Like that was- <laughs> <laughs> The feeling is mutual. It- I, no, but I, so since knowing you guys to now, just like seeing, I, I, I definitely have noticed like a massive growth and, and maturity in the, in the songs. Like, I, I really love these new songs. They, they bang. Oh, thanks so much, man. Yeah. Uh, the key is that we've been trying to learn how to actually play our instruments. And, uh, you know, I've got a couple <laughs> of power chords down. So every day 
get a little bit closer. It's pronounced chords, actually. Chords? They're pronounced chords. Yeah. You don't want to look like an idiot in front of musicians, mate. It's not yeah. a good look. Come on, mate. <laughs> you know better than that. No, it's sick, though. I... Yeah, I've been really, really digging the new stuff in the new direction. Is it, um, it's, do you have like, so you've got an EP coming out, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's really funny because we've done that thing that I think bands do sometimes and I hate them for it where they like release a couple of singles and you're like, fuck yeah, these guys play like really up, upbeat, fucking intense songs. And then the rest of the EP is just like slow and weird. And uh, that's exactly what we're going to do to people, obviously. So it's like a five track. <laughs> we release two like quick tempoed songs and the next ones are just like, Oh man, I complained so much in those songs. I'm just like whining about my life, and I mean, just you guys might like people. That. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> uh, Melbourne the sad man talk, boys. Liam, when was the that? Man talk. Oh my god! <laughs> I've still got the tea. I've still got the t-shirt. Yeah, I think I think those to date are our comfiest t-shirts that we've done, except maybe the lighthouse ones. Yeah, true. What is it about black t-shirts that are just so comfy? Um. <laughs> I got no clue. I thought I had something witty there oh and nothing came out. <laughs> Disappointed. <laughs> no, but- um, um, But so, sorry. Yep. Take a drink. That was an awkward pause. We're playing uh, a little game. Well, I'm not, but you got you two are. Yeah. We've decided to to turn a drinking game, to turn this into a bit of a drinking game. Whew, it's already going well for me. <laughs> uh, and the first rule that we came up with was sip any time that there's a uh, awkward pun. Awkward pause or a filler word, and then swing anytime we fanboy. <laughs> so I've been I've been really busy already. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to get some more drinks at some point. I actually totally forgot that you guys are doing that until you mentioned it just now. So <laughs> you were just like, "Oh damn, those guys are thirsty," but no. Nah. <laughs> oh, I actually haven't even been looking at the video. Oh my god, that this whole time. So we we're on a. We're on a group call at the moment, but yeah, I've, I've just been honestly just staring at the waveforms in Audacity as we've been recording. Like, I just haven't been looking at you guys at all taking Sexy drinks. Sexy ass that's voice. How, that's voices. how I've forgotten. That makes so much more sense. Um, so, you, you're dropping an EP. What, what, what are you excited about for the future, man? Like, obviously, it's a pretty- it's a pretty shitty time for everyone, but what's what's kind of good that's on the horizon for you, do you reckon? Oh, man, yeah. Like, the landscape's pretty bleak at the moment, but I think we're just like, we're really psyched to, like, to play some some good shows. After this, like those first shows, once people like everyone can come back, I think like the vibe is going to be incredible, like just as it is. But then off the back of a release that's doing so much better already than I kind of hoped it would do. It's like, I think it's going to be some like special shit and I'm really excited for it. Fuck yeah. I can see you guys like with the songs that you've released. I can see you guys filling out like a pretty decent room and just like turning a dive into a total party. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. That's 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 what I'm living for at the moment. Just like the hope that we can do that one day. <laughs> do you feel like this is like the most like uh, like I feel like as an artist, you kind of feel like as you grow up, your music grows with you. And so, do you feel like this is like your most honest work? Does it feel like the most authentic to what you want to be doing? How does it feel? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, no. I mean, like I feel like that's a really like a super uh, relevant point because like we, we like named this EP Arkan maybe last year. Sometime when we're like actually tracking it, we're like, oh yeah, we'll sure. call it imposter. Every release that I've seen from like bands that I love lately has been like imposter syndrome, imposter this, imposter that. Uh, so like we've tapped into I the was zeitgeist. Actually, oh my god, it's so funny that you mentioned that. I, I, I've is it Drastic Park? I don't I don't mean to name names or anything, but Drastic Park a release like that their EP or something like that was called Imposter Syndrome, and then I remember the I was going to ask you about that. That's so funny that you mentioned that. That's really funny because Stokesy worked on your music video for Wasted Dude, as well, didn't Stokesy he? Stokesy and I are tight. Like I like. 
like I'm chatting to him on Facebook like all the time. I don't know. I don't know if he appreciates it. You know, I'm just like chewing his ear off. It's like, oh, hey, hey, John, how do I edit a video? Because like I tried to put a music video together over lockdown. Sure. Um, and like I've never edited video before in my life. Fucking. Wow. That was for whatever, never mind. Yeah. Yeah. You ended up being a rage. And I was like, you know what? I'm just never making a music video again. Like that's. It has aesthetic, man. It's it's very cool video. I I, know, I did see that you guys, uh, well, that you you guys did that in lockdown. That's really impressive, man. Really, kudos to you. Hey, thanks, did it man. piss you off to no extent, though, having to having to edit it all? No, honestly, it was like, it's been a lot of fun. Like I'm trying to make video content for us now because it's so expensive to make it. You guys always did that really well. Like just edited, edited <laughs> together some like funny bits and pieces. So we're trying to do that, but we're not funny or uh, good looking. So it's, it's been difficult. to <laughs> fight. See, that's a, that's a big crock of shit because you guys, every time I talk to you are three of the funniest dudes. When I get you just candid and talking and just yeah. like going for Agreed. it. I, I think, think last time I saw the, sorry, you go. Awkward like pause. We got a drink. <laughs> um but no i think like the key is that we always run into each other when like you know the drinks are flowing freely there's good vibes you know you don't run into me in a monday morning like 9 a.m meeting context is important when it comes it. to interactions <laughs> oh yeah i'd consider myself a fun guy but i'm not inviting people over in the middle of a depressive spiral where i'm like sleeping on crumbs and just being like no exfoliates my skin <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's all contextual. It's all contextual. <laughs> and that's what yeah. we're saying, people. It's all contextual. It's about the context. That's that sounds like that sounds like the preface for someone talking about why their racist comments are okay. I'm like, no, no, it's contextual. <laughs> like one of those really backwards ass excuses or it's like, no, what you said was still fucking wrong, dog. Oh yeah, dude, that's like ten or fifteen seconds after the whole I'm not racist, but and then <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's all about the context, baby. <laughs> so you you were saying that you guys wanted to make uh, a video in lockdown. Um, was there anything else that you have been doing to kind of keep yourself occupied during this sort of period? Like, uh, how are you avoiding cabin fever, basically? Oh man, like I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I, I disappear into these like these weird like spirals. You know, like the YouTube spirals. You end up watching like yeah, <laughs> these. Oh, weird- I'm in one, man. I'm in one for She's sure. Like what never came out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. I like my favorite thing at the moment is this show called Yolo Crystal Fantasy. It's um, a Michael Cusack cartoon. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> show. It's yeah. Is, is, was that a rule? Was that 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 me, me mentioning something that I've? <laughs> no, no. But that's fun. That should be a rule. You, should, Liam, for the be. last like week, every time I've spoken to him, at least once he's brought up Yolo Crystal Fantasy. It's he's been like, you got to check the out the show, show, man. You got to check out the show. I feel like I've actually got to check it out now. Yeah. <laughs> How much are they paying you, Liam? <laughs> Should I pay you to plug Dude, it? So I can't hard. believe it's only episode two and you've already sold out the integrity of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. All right, it'll never happen again. The reside motto is sell out for the right price. This <laughs> podcast motto is sell out for any price, baby. <laughs> we are for sale. We are the price. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what 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 have you been doing to keep yourself occupied? Other, yeah, man. You know, dude, the, like the YouTube YouTube spirals, just watching like odd things at odd times. I've been like, oh, I might like, I don't know if you guys have Netflix, but like the algorithm for it has gone so cooked for me now. Cause I've just like, I've just been watching anything and, um, I've become hopelessly addicted <laughs> to this show. Uh, this like reality show. It's like English and they do like makeup. It's called like glow up. Have you guys seen that? I've, I've, I've I think heard I've seen like this. trailers yeah, yeah. for it. I think, oh, I think I've seen, I've seen it in related videos. I've never clicked on it. Well, that's it. You know, like it popped up for me after something. I was like, this looks awful. Better watch an episode. So watch one episode. <laughs> I binged a whole season. I know like the catchphrases for the judges, and it's just like I'm so I'm so invested. You know, like makeup artistry. Hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> it's it's 
wild. I, I hate how much I like being on social media, and I'm counting YouTube as a social media here, by the way. I, it's this lockdown's made me realize how much I'm just being slammed with advertisements and how accurate advertisements are. It's like, fucking everywhere. It's actually messed up how like you know we're so vulnerable to like these these things that we have in our pockets, man. It's crazy. Absolutely, man. It's soul destroying because you're like you're like oh yeah, I'm a smart guy. Like I'll, I'll re- I like you're across it. You know that it's happening, but it's still so effective. And you're just like yeah, I bought just do a weird set of shit. strip lights. And I'm now constantly getting advertised LED strip lights. Uh, what do you call them? The galaxy lamps that you know shine like the the solar system. Yeah, yeah. You know the night lights. Yeah, I guess I'm getting lights. those constantly. Man, it is you know, and it's no wonder you know I'm I'm a I'm a thick boy because it's the amount of food <laughs> that gets advertised as well. I do it to myself. Sorry, though. the biggest bullshit about the whole advertising thing as well on social media. Bottoms up, motherfucker. <laughs> is that I open like my Sudoku app or something. I'm stuck in this little fucking apartment by myself. And frankly, Sudoku and Solitaire are keeping me sane. And I open my, ooh, hey, it's a boy, it's spilling. Um, uh, I open my Sudoku app in the morning as like, oh yeah, something might get my brain active. And every time I complete a game, I get an ad. And whatever if it's for fucking DoorDash, but you get those ads that insult you personally, like crossword apps that are like, ooh, you, know, you need to have an IQ higher than 180 to solve this crossword, but <laughs> yeah. you can't do it. And I'm like, fuck you, motherfucker. Yes, I can. And, and I download, download it out of spite. App. Yep. Yeah. And that's why advertising works, because I'm fragile. That's what we're saying. <laughs> it's sick. Sick like behavior. <laughs> but no, like seriously, also- like buy our products, uh, you know, and come to our shows. And <laughs> I guess if they asked that nicely, like you wouldn't do it. They, they need to insult you. Like they need to really yeah. hit a nerve. You, you wouldn't come to our show. Fucking you, coward. You wouldn't buy a ticket. <laughs> That's why anti-piracy I, I, ads never worked. I double <laughs> dare like, you, you wouldn't download a movie. I double I like, dare yes, you. I fucking <laughs> hey, you wouldn't steal a car. It's like, oh, I mean, like, are the keys in the ignition? Like, is it, is it, is it better than mine? <laughs> I wouldn't steal a I car. I don't have a car at the moment, so yes. <laughs> for a lot of people, Grand Theft Auto is just a game, but for me, it's like a lifestyle. It's like a religion. <laughs> you mentioned something really interesting before about, like, the doing it yourself thing. And I wanted to talk to you guys, talk to you about it and, 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 get your take about like why you think it's important for a band to you know effectively do everything themselves um you know and keep it mostly in-house and keep the creative control yeah well i mean like i think like speaking as a band that has absolutely no skills in anything and and can't do that for like a lot of the things that we'd like to i think that's like kind of how you realize that it's important like you don't want to have to fight people for like every little decision along the way where you have that that control it's it makes a huge difference. And I think it like feels a lot more authentic for, for people like, I don't know, for fans or like people who like your band or whatever. Um, mm. It feels a lot more immediate. I think that's one of the things that like drew me to you guys was like, like even that the first video for was it like, we're not monsters yet. Yeah. That was yeah. sick. Like it was yeah. like simple concept real, but it was just like, I don't know, man, it just fucking like just grabbed me straight away. I was like, these dudes, these dudes are like legit. I don't know. You know we're, what I mean? We're the we're the king of the one shot videos. <laughs> the wild thing about that video was that we were actually the first ever band to do a video that involved a couch outside, and uh, all other <laughs> bands, past, present, and future, actually just kind of took our idea. It's crazy because it, it like transcended rock music. Like I've seen I've seen videos from like the 80s or 90s where they did that in completely different other genres, and it's, kudos to you guys. Crazy that they just blatantly rip us off like that. There's, the audacity <laughs> to do it so early before we did it as well was fucking bullshit. 
The most amazing part is the way that you found a way to transcend space and time and just like get those ideas out there to to other artists. That's actually, Ariel will do that for you for $4.20. That was on our Bunnings ad. You can yeah. transcend the uh, the astral planes. That is not a lie. We, we If you pay us that, that'll ha- we'll do that. <laughs> and a fun fact along the way. But no, I, I, think, I think you're right. Um, I, I think it's... It's really important. I, I, to me, songs, you know, genres are, are not a thing. To me, like, music is uh, an exploration into emotions that are found in the human condition. I feel like, and, and certain genres, if you want to class them in genres, do things better than others would at, you know, exploring those sorts of emotions. And I, th- I just think there's like, there's, like, an environment, like, in production in particular like that can be created through music and it's and it, you can create like a, a visual environment with music I feel at least that's how I see things and I think like that can only truly be captured by the like the source vision you know what I mean like after that it sort of becomes something you can only express the message that you want to like through your own means like you're the yeah. one that's got the vision not that you can only express it through your own means but it's more efficient and quicker if you do it yourself Exactly. It's it's more immediate, respects. as you said, Stefan. So it must have been awesome to be able to just like have that kind of control over your music video. Like having that for the first time was that just like a pretty liberating experience. Yeah, man. I mean, like the first video, like John Stokes did, and like the dude's a wizard. Like he, he Stokesy took- knows his sh- Stokesy really knows his shit. Yeah, like he took he took an idea, like a half idea that we had, and turned it into this like fully realized, like continuous shot, like masterpiece like i like i love that video and i think like it's like a much 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 better video than the one we put together ourselves but like just knowing that we did it ourselves it like didn't cost it didn't cost a cent like and i don't know man just like slaving away over it like i barely slept while i was putting it together because like i'd have to get up at like eight in the morning work through like a 10 hour day and then just like you know smash a meal down maybe maybe a cheeky you work 10 hour days yeah, yeah. It, call center life, man. You know, hey, maybe maybe you could experience that if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mentioned nah. before that my uh, brother offered me a, a call center job at a uh, at a phone company that he works for. And the only thing that popped into my mind, like my brother's there being responsible adult. He's been like, it's good money, mate. You should do it. You know, it'll be good for you. You can help you get back on your feet financially. <laughs> and I've just, I got this image of Stefan in my head from when we were drunk. It, it, it was either Jazz's place or Sookie Lounge. And you're just there wasted like, don't do it, man. It's the worst. It's the, <laughs> it would have been Jazz's Christmas party actually yeah. because Pat was there backing you up. <laughs> yeah, man. Dude, I've been working like call centers for so long. It's like, it's, it's, oh man, once you're in, you can't escape. Don't tell me that because I'm considering it. <laughs> you, you, you mentioned the, you mentioned that the pat, there was something to do with like a pat disappear or something at uh, Jazz's yeah. thing. At that Christmas party. Yeah. So oh, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I think you can tell this story better than I yeah, can. Because I, I was there and I don't remember this either. And I, well, yeah. I mean, because we, Pat and I used to work at the same, the same call center and um, we had, our work Christmas party right before Jazz's Christmas party. So uh, <laughs> Matthias, the kind soul that he was, he's like, yeah, like Jazz lives miles away from where we are. So I'll just like, I'll take one for the team. I'll drive. The poor guy had what no idea what legend. he got himself into because he picked us up like from this work party in St. Kilda. And it was like, there were espresso martinis on tap. And those things like, those, they, like they were free. 
and they just do serious damage. Like they do proper damage. The caffeine is the most dangerous part of that, dude. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's the combination of both. It's like, anyway, you know, self-control goes out the window and, and Patty and I were, were a mess, an absolute mess. And, um, <laughs> I think I managed to get my shit a little bit together. I was like, oh, we're going to go see Jazz and like the, the, like the guys from Reside. I want to impress them. Um, Take so, a drink. Uh, yeah, I'll drink, I'll drink for that. But yeah, I had to like, I dialed it back a little bit, but, but Patty, you know, no, no awareness in that situation. And so we got, we got to Jazz's and we just couldn't get him out of the car. So we just, we just left him in the car and we were like, oh yeah, he'll like nap for 10, 15 minutes and come like join everybody. <laughs> the guy, I think it was like literally an hour and a half later, he hadn't turned up. And, like, we went to the car. He wasn't even in the car anymore. He was just, like, wandering around the neighborhood. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> he eventually got there. But he was in a state. Yeah. And that's, like, that's uh, that's up, like, far north as well, where it's, like, it's no it's no good. <laughs> it's, like, you don't want to get caught roaming around there. <laughs> I know. He's a pretty dangerous-looking guy. You know, I'd be more worried about anyone crossing paths <laughs> with him. I Like, if I got Pat's silhouette, I'd think this dude's going to beat me up. And then when I see his face, he has the smile of a teddy bear. So <laughs> there's like nothing <laughs> threatening once you can actually see him in the light. That's spot on. I feel, like, I feel like he's like the gentlest dude. Like even, when he, like, even when he gets mad at you, it's just kind of funny. Like he just like seems a bit grumpy and you just like, you want to like tickle him a little bit. Like, hey, man, <laughs> That's our writing process is like us in the same room and like Pat, Pat getting annoyed at at me being like, oh, yeah, but what if the bass played this, man? You know, like. Um. <laughs> so that passive kind of madness. <laughs> oh. You mentioned that you were working at a call center. Um, have you been doing that from home or like what's how's that been? Dude, yeah, it's wild. I'm like doing it in, like I'm in my kitchen. It's 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 like the best and worst of like both worlds. You know what I mean? Like it's like, fuck yeah, I'm working from home. If I start at eight, I can wake up at like 7.55. But also it's like fuck, there's a call center in my house now, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's bullshit. I, like, I hear these, like, these little ringing noises and these little little voices being like, oh, call fuck back. that, I'm dude. Like, oh, no. It's it's a nightmare. I I used to the re whole reason I moved into this place was because there's a cafe literally downstairs and like a door to the right that uh, I used to work at before I moved in here. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'll just live upstairs from my work. And it was good in that, like, in the same respect that eight o'clock shift means I roll out of bed at 7.58, take one minute to put on my clothes, spray on some deodorant and put in some mouthwash, you know, so I'm not totally detestable and then go downstairs. Then the other thing was every time I came home, I'd be looking in my workplace or every time they saw me getting up to mischief, you know, coming home drunk, they'd be looking at me and I was like, oh, fuck. That's it. You know, you can't call in, you can't call in sick if they're just like, they see you rolling in, like, in a total state 10 minutes before you're meant to start. It's like- <laughs> But then you escape that working from home. You're like, you can wake up in a state or you can- You should just be in a state. <laughs> well, I mean, well, that was my thinking <laughs> initially, right? Was like, oh yeah, if I call, if I call in, like, call in sick, it's chill because I'm just working from home. But it just, honestly, they, they have, they've never said anything about it. They've been real chill about it because I, I call in sick a fair bit, to be honest. But they're like, they're pretty chill about it. But I just feel like shit is because they're like, kind of like, oh- Really? You know, you, you, could, you couldn't just walk into your kitchen and take some calls. Like, it's oh. really too much. <laughs> it's like, oh, they can yeah. guilt trip. It's like your mum telling you to do the dishes. <laughs> it's like, really? You couldn't just couldn't just scrape that into the bin and then wash that off? That's exactly it. <laughs> but so do you, are you like, are you getting up to any cheeky mischief while you're at home by yourself and, you know, the boss isn't around to watch you? I mean, I think I've been taking, I've definitely been taking some liberties with like our conversations and stuff with customers, you know? In like a, a real customer focused kind of way, you know, like if my boss listens to this, <laughs> I hope I don't get fired, but I'm just, you know, a little looser, you know, not sticking to scripting, going, 
going off the cuff a little bit. If the, if this dude wants to talk to me about like conspiracy theories, I'll I'll go there with him. It's gonna if it sells it, you know, like it's you know, I can't be that gonna bad. get the product over the line. Exactly, whatever it takes. That's it. It's a that's that's my real attitude. I'll get the sale. I'll do whatever it takes, even if I have to. If I have to talk to you about like COVID being a conspiracy. Oh, do you get many of those guys? I'll do it. Do you get uh, many of them? Oh yeah, man, they're, they're everywhere. <laughs> have you copped any uh, dictator? Uh, dictator Dan. Daniel Andrews. Dan Andrews. Dictator Dan, that's the one. Yeah, it's funny, right? Because like people like they bring things up, like, and you kind of you kind of get to like work out where they're sitting on this. Like, oh yeah, man. Like, so like this lockdown, you're just like, yeah, what what about it? Because you you don't you want to like commit one way or the that's other. You know what I mean? Vague. You're like, yo, what to do? <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking it's it's tough. But um, I don't know, man. Like. I, honestly, I'm just happy anytime customers aren't abusing me on the phone. If they're like, they're not telling me to fuck off back to my own country, like, it's a good day. Damn. <laughs> back to your own country. Dude, I don't even like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how I sound, but I'm just like, oh, do, do I like really have an accent? I think it's just because they're speaking to someone in a call center. They're just like, mate, you know, you're, you're in fucking China. They just you better, assume. You better stay there. I'm just like, dude, like, sometimes I can see their address and stuff. It's like, dude, I live down the road. Like, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's so fucked up that people just jump to that conclusion. Yeah. Honestly, it's tougher for like a lot of, like, a lot of my colleagues. Like if you like have a slight accent and you call, oh. and, like, you call people out. They just hang it on you instantly. They don't like, even if they've like requested the call, that happens to people, man. It's wild. That's fucked up, dude. That's really, oh, this took it. This took a downward turn very quickly. The, We've gotten into a heavy life, topic. Though. This could be you. It's the, it's the adult, it's the adult uh, modern warfare two lobby. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I'm absolutely posting that in the work group chat. <laughs> if you survived oh you know <laughs> yeah it's always so upsetting when customers tell me that they fucked my mom <laughs> you know it's just like it really hurts <laughs> have you heard that have you heard that soundbite that some dude he's sending a voice message over the xbox live uh chat feature and i think someone's killed him in modern warfare or something he's like that he's like I can't remember verbatim what he says, but basically he calls this kid a pussy and he's like, yeah, I bet your hands will never be able to do this. And then it's him really badly playing the Enter Sandman riff. (laughs) (laughs) I got to link you that video, man. It's so fucking funny. (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. No, that's it. I can do something with my guitar in hands that you'll never be able to do. (laughs) <laughs> well fuck man i think I'd, I'd have to cancel my like xbox live account after that like you don't, you don't come back from that i recently paid for xbox live because my buddy zach lent me his xbox one like a champion because i had nothing to play during this lockdown and i saw so i purchased and it's like 10.95 a month or whatever and i don't know if it's just me i think that's the biggest fucking rip because hypothetically I've, I've done neither of these things, but hypothetically, I've bought the console and hypothetically, I've bought the game. Now you're making me back in my day. You just bought the fucking disc. You put it in and you fucking played it. Now you got to fucking put it in. You got to fucking download it and you got to fucking buy it again. Mate, wait till you hear about <laughs> DLC. Like, <laughs> oof, I have a new DLC I'll cop because it's like if they've made the game and then been like, oh, we could have done this, then... Yeah, put out something that people can buy for like five bucks, ten bucks. But you're gonna, I've got an internet connection that I hypothetically pay for as well, and you're gonna make me go 
Pay for the internet. Pay for the console. Pay for the game. Download the fucking game and then pay to play it again. And then you put in microtransactions in this. I think all video games can fucking suck my gooch. You would hate Fortnite, dude. So I've been playing Fortnite a bunch in lockdown at the moment. And Dylan, you'd hate it because it's like, at least the game's free. But like, it's the, the map that you play in is like updating like every two days like the map changes like it might flood in certain areas and stuff like so like the game's constantly evolving i kind of this is this is very very um petty and shallow of me i suppose but i kind of just um vetoed Fortnite as soon as i saw kids around eastland like doing dances i was like <laughs> i was like what the fuck is this and someone was like Fortnite, and i was like it's enough for me to not do it <laughs> <laughs> i said enough i'm out that's fair play fair play but I have been playing um, a lot of Call of Duty Warzone since oh. Zach lent me that Xbox, which is something I'll cop. I'll download the game because I didn't, A, it's free, but B, even if I bought it hypothetically on the online store, I haven't like bought the disc and then had to download it. Like it's just there. It's just there on the online store. And um, honestly, I've been getting my fucking ass kicked. I suck. I suck at video games really Straight badly. Straight <laughs> Yeah, exactly. How fun <laughs> is that to say next time you get sent there, if you're on chat with your buddies or whatever, I always do it. They never appreciate it because they're always trying to talk about actually playing the game like losers. But I'm always, I always scream it in a British accent. As soon as I die, I'm like, oh, no, fellas, I'm being sent to the gulag. <laughs> it's right to the gulag for me, mate. The fucking gulag. So much fun, dude. You got to give it a crack. I cracked, I cracked your, that, that kind of joke all the time, but it wore off because it was always like the first 10 seconds after we've spawned, I've just like, just like skydive down, been killed instantly. I'm like, oh, lads. You know? <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, they just mute me. They're sick of my shit. The other guys are good because I play with the other guys in Snark. Like we all we all play Warzone together. Um, uh, you're, so you're the you're the runt of the team then. Yeah, just with any gaming. We used to play. Do you guys ever play the Division? Uh, I'm not into uh, math games. No, but I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> this is how that's the, that that highlights how different me and Dylan are as people. Right there, what, what you just what you just heard. Because I went to go answer that seriously and you were like, I'm not into maths games. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, immedi- I'll immediately jump the punchline if I can find it. <laughs> Fuck. But no, I've never played The Division. No, I haven't. <laughs> well, yes. well, anyway, it's like it's like real tactical. you got to work as a team and like people can revive you and shit. And like sure. the other two guys, just like they leveled up. They got really good. And my guy, because like the enemies scale to like your level. So it got to a point where I was so far behind these dudes that like, even if, like, the enemies they were fighting missed me and, like, just a little, like, a spark or, like, a little ricochet kind of nicked me, my dude just died instantly and they're like, damn. <laughs> they stopped inviting me to, to the game sessions because they're such a liability. That's... <laughs> so, the, the, the guys that I'm playing with at the moment, my buddies Dinesh and Nick, are much kinder than that. They're, like, holding my hand through the game. I'm not sure if it's, like, there's a time window there that, it like, is. after a while they're just going to be, like, we can't help you. <laughs> You're a lost cause. Cutthroat, man. <laughs> Have you been playing any other video games this lockdown? Yeah, I'm like I'm hooked on Rocket League. I like it combines my love of soccer with my love of. Uh, I have been playing games. Rocket League a little bit as well. I am oh. awful at it though. It's hard. It's really hard. How can hard. you be good at that game? I played it like I've played it once at Matt's place and once at your place, Slam. There's no way to be good at that. Like I don't. Nah. When we played with Elgin, I couldn't understand how Elgin was actually that accurate with the game because they are cars with rockets on them and a giant 
fucking soccer ball. I'm going to have to send you some videos up on Instagram, dude, of some highlights of like pro level shit. It's it- fucked up how good you can be at that game. I- I retract the statement, no matter what the skill is and no matter how pointless it is, there's always someone that's going to be good at it. I just don't understand how you can adapt to the physics of that game. Yeah, it's mm. fucked. I don't know. Like, please tell me how you can be good at that game. If I ever find out, I'll let you know. I'm like, I'm a pleb. I, I just like <laughs> I roll around. Anytime I hit the ball, like it doesn't matter if it goes anywhere. I'm just like, yeah, hit the ball. Like <laughs> it's been a good <laughs> session tonight. <laughs> I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling a pretty good like podcast series coming on where we just three guys that are bad at video games talk about the very simple concepts of the video games like <laughs> I like cars I like soccer it's pretty fun I liked when I could press boost and then jump <laughs> like, fuck and off, then I do press love that. boost again <laughs> and then I'm just gonna fly across the, the across you the map. You fucking joke. That's the genuinely the best part of the game for me is it, it gets that little ADHD kid in me that loves just the fact that I'm boosting, I'm flying, I'm on the roof. <laughs> oh, I'm everywhere. <laughs> Dude, I like completely relate to that. I think like when I was when I was a kid and I was playing video games, I was always like, oh, how, how can I do just like some weird shit? Like I remember I had a soccer game, uh, like like proper like FIFA or whatever. At, and I was playing it at my cousin's place. Like he was showing it to me and he was like, oh yeah, you know, man, so this is how you move your character. And I was like, sweet. So how do I like leave the stadium and go do some cool shit? And he was like, it's a soccer <laughs> game, man. You can't do that. I think, no, I think all of these sports games should take a leaf out of South Park's book when they did that Tiger Woods Xbox game where you can actually leave the sport and live as the character. So, you know, <laughs> Dude, if, you, if you pick uh, Ben Cousins or whatever it is, circa 2013, <laughs> 2012, you can go, you can kick a bunch of goals, then you can go smoke some ice. Yeah. <laughs> then break the club swimming record and go do some more ice. <laughs> ever, since, ever since Michael Phelps got caught smoking bongs, stoners worldwide have used that as an excuse to smoke bongs because if you smoke weed, you won't get anywhere and you'll waste your life. And they're like, oh, well, Michael Phelps did it and he's a gold medal winning Olympist. <laughs> That's like saying my grandfather smoked 20 cigarettes a day until he was 100. It's like a one in a million case. <laughs> not, uh, you know, obviously not that I'm anti-marijuana, you know. I'm not, I'm not anti-marijuana. In case there's any misconception amongst anyone that knows me, you know, I know it's yeah. pretty hard to read between the lines sometimes, but... <laughs> When I, um, when, I, kind of guy. when I told Liam that we were going to be talking to you, one of the first things that he said to me was, oh, man, we can have a big Blink-182 talk. Yes. Oh, man, dude, try me. I like, I live I live for Blink talks. Like, I, it's, it's a guilty pleasure, but I love it. I guess, no I guess guilt, the brother. first question I want to ask you and get your thoughts on is, like, then latest sort of music. Like the, like the let's Nine say, like, album. The, the, yeah. Like Nine album onwards. <clears throat> oh, man. I, yeah, like, it's. Yeah, it's tough. I think, like, for me- Mark Hoppus isn't going to hear this. You can talk shit if you'd like. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> dude, you know, you can you can beam this directly to him. I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> if someone needs to- This is an intervention, Mark. Um, no, I, I'm just- I'm glad that this Blink music- We care about you, Mark. Like, if the alternative is no Blink, then I'll take, like, this watered-down cookie-cutter Blink. Because there's, yeah. there's genuinely moments every now and then where you're kind of like- that's almost that's almost the blink I remember. Like I agree. I um I, I I really don't I don't enjoy new blink. I I could see its appeal, but I personally don't find enjoyment. I have I sort of now go back mm. um a lot, and I found 
I found I actually found a really newfound appreciation for self-titled. Oh um, man! Because I, I actually played it in full. Like uh, I don't know, it was a few weeks ago, and then uh, I've I've, li- I've listened to it a bunch since, and I've I remember that it it was actually the first CD that I um that I ever bought like with my own money. So there's sort of like a bit of sentimental value there, and I remember just like playing the absolute shit out of that CD. But I found a new yeah newfound love for that album and 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 all. It's like that album's influences and how those influences have affected my musical upbringing as well. Like I'm a big Cure fan. So mm. like hearing Robert Smith on all of this, arguably one of my favorite Blink-182 songs yeah. is, is, a really, is really something special for me. But yeah, but Take Off Your Pants and Jackets probably my favorite album. I think I have other sentimental value on that one. Mate. For me, it's like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Anima, uh, take off your pants, and self-titled. Because like Holy yeah. Trinity, exactly, dude. Anima, they really like they uh, really upped. I guess they added some production value to that dude ranch sound, and they got Travis Barker in, who had a completely different take on the grooves. And their whole their whole purpose with that album was to write what they called nursery rhymes on steroids. And they did it because it's like simple, catchy, and fun, and and really, really energetic and rocky. And then they do take off your pants and jacket and they've got like heaps of anthemic songs on there and they kind of, uh, you know, uh, reflective of like that teen angst that, as you were saying before, certain genres can only do certain things and pop punk really does that teen angst well. And then self-titled, they just exploded out of that. And they just, that was actually, this is a parallel between what you were saying before because they had the singles uh, they, well, they had the single Feeling This, which represented a really upbeat, fun summer sort of jam. And then after Feeling This, you do not have a single song that isn't depressing. Every song is either like down tempo, minor key, or really upsetting lyrics. <laughs> mm. Well, that, I mean, like that's that's my favorite album from from those guys. So, you know, they, that's they definitely not a criticism. That's a great album. That's like that is definitely one of my favorites, and I think it represents such a diverse palette of sound for those guys that. Like, I wish I had heard more of that sound, basically. Um, I actually really liked Neighbourhoods. I know a lot of people didn't like... Contentious. Uh, yeah. I, I'll, I'll back a, that. I actually fuck with Neighbourhoods. Neighbourhoods is... It's, I think it's aged well. Yeah. I agree. I, that's it has, not to say I don't like Neighbourhoods. I love Neighbourhoods. Yeah, I really enjoyed that album. And I think there's some songs that I don't like as much. Like, And I, I definitely think that Self-Titled is a better execution on what they sort of did on those two albums but like the pop sensibility yeah, I, I, sort of side of it i was i was gonna say more the experimental side of it okay I, yeah. I, I feel like both of those albums are very experimental um Man, at least I, in terms of the genre i feel like that that ties into um to them having jerry finn producing the untitled album versus them producing it themselves for neighborhoods yeah. like that that guy was like the fourth member of blink like everything amazing that they did he was like tied into really closely like you, you can exactly. you can hear the difference yeah, I, I that's like agree. I saw a sh- I saw a short like little doco thing on YouTube about that, but I never looked. I like when I was sixteen through eighteen, obsessive over Blink and anything I read or saw, I'd read into. But this is one of those things I only saw like a couple years ago, and um, yeah, I never looked into Jerry Finn as a producer or like what he did for that album. Guy's a menace. I like he he tightened it up. Like I think like in neighborhoods, you hear what Untitled could have been if they didn't have like somebody reeling Tom in because like Tom, I feel like Tom like goes and does like weird shit he's like yo man like let's send the band to space let's do this yeah travis wants to go, travis wants to go nuts all the time and then mark's like yeah man let's like write that song from 1999 again 
And like <laughs> Jerry Finn just like finds that sweet spot between like these guys pulling in all those different directions. And it's, I, I think that's like one of the really cool things about having a good producer. Like we worked with um, a producer with the last, the EP that we did. And who'd you work with? Uh, Darren Cordo from Kiss Chasey. And nice, like, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, but he like, it was like the same kind of thing where like every now and then I'd kind of like not be disappearing up my own ass, but like, you know, I'd be like, guys, you know, let's like, let's do this. Or like Marty, actually, he and I, like we both, when we're writing, we both get real like, oh, let's do something absolutely crazy. Like let's change the structure of songs entirely. And, <laughs> you know, Darren, well, Pat always gets annoyed about, about that. He's like, guys, it just doesn't make sense. And then Darren comes from the outside with like fresh eyes, like guys, like, why don't you just have a song that's like verse, chorus, like verse, chorus, bridge, chorus? Like, what, what is this section? What does it do? And we're like, oh, I don't know. It's vibey. You just need that. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we can be a bit that way sometimes as well. Like as in with the like restructuring of things or? Oh, as in some, maybe not as of recent, but definitely historically, I, I've pushed for ideas that aren't necessarily in hindsight good ideas. And you've been there <laughs> to reel me in to be like, okay, we can probably work with this, but you might need to do this or that or this. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's a good thing to self-produce, but I think there's, there is there is something about like having that, that third party sort of helping guide you. They're not like attached to the music or anything like that. They're like, they're kind of operating from the perspective as a listener and it's sort of you there writing the music and being really invested in it. You can be like, yeah, we should do this. We'll revolutionize music. And but this they're, guy's like, but they're artists in their own right as well. Like that's yeah. the thing. It's like an artist that can, like, as a tastemaker and as someone that can really essentially create the most potential, like, create the best chance and, and the most potential for an idea, you know, so. That's a really um, beautiful way of putting it. I never thought of it like that. Well, I mean, yeah. like, it's an interesting thing, right? Because, like, I feel like there's heaps of really good artists that wouldn't necessarily be, like, a good producer because it's a different, like, a different skill set, like, altogether, right? Yeah. Like, uh, there's de- I, I definitely think there's... There's many artists that are good and there's a lot of artists that are bad producers, you know, and, and require the help of other people. Anyone but like, we know? That's- <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Loaded question. <laughs> but, but there is, you know, and, and that, happen- like, that happens at all levels of the music scene. I mean, we've, that's why the ghost writers exist and that's why, you know, you hear these big names because they have that X factor that, you know, helps these bands, like, create the best possible idea that they can, you know, so. But like circling back around, it's like it's crazy to think that like people of the stature of like Mark, Tom, and Travis need like even they still need someone to come in and just be like Tom, that idea fucking sucks. Like <laughs> it's it's wild, right? It it is weird to think that because you know we we I guess we kind of put some of these art like these iconic artists on pedestals a little bit, and we're like, oh yeah, hundred percent. They, they did they did all these things, but you know everyone guess- needs help. With so I love Paramore. Paramore do fuck. Because they always admit when they need help, you know? I guess the biggest blink question that there is, though, is kind of the rift in that, you know, Tom and Mark uh, duality there that, you know, seems to happen once a decade. Do you, like, land on a particular side? Because I, following them both on social media, when that stuff first started happening, there were people that were vehemently like, fuck Tom or, like, fuck Mark. Do you land on either side mm. of that coin? No, not really, because you you only ever really hear it from like one one person's side entirely. Like, I think like if if it, there was gonna be anybody who'd be really interesting to hear their opinion on it, like uncensored, like you know, just like a, a an actual chat, it would be Travis, because I think like he he seems <laughs> like he's pretty firmly in both camps. You know, he's just like he's chill. Mark and Tom are just like it just seems like a toxic relationship that just like when when it's working, it's fucking like it's dynamite. They create magic together. It's fucking, it's like movie montage kind of stuff. And then like when yeah. it's bad, you see what happens and it's, 
I guess long term it's tough to keep that kind of thing going. So I don't really like. I don't pick one side over the other. It's very much that uh, Mark and Tom are the parents of that relationship and Travis is the kid because even back in 2006 when they split, it was like, you know, Mark got uh, <laughs> Mark got Travis in plus 44 and Tom gets visitation rights with Boxcar Racer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that plus 44, though, is one of those examples that it's why I'm so disappointed about new Blink is because of, like the unfound potential of what plus 44 was like, there's such good songwriting there and it's executed upon so well. It has the right amount of angst. It has the right amount of like sensitivity, but, and, 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 you know, had experimental, you know, arrangements, but yeah. And, and to think that, you know, it's, it is those two core members and to think that only just because Matt Skeeb is in it, that, you know, we get this, I don't, Believe that. You know. If if we're gonna blame somebody for new blink, it's it's not gonna be Skiba. Skiba's Skiba's quality, I think you're gonna lay exactly. the blame firmly at the feet of Feldman. Fucking your Feldman. team Skiba. Your team I th- Skiba. I think that's it's what Feldman it is. too. You know what I've... I'm here for? Liam to to produce the next blink record. Me. <laughs> that's it. All right. Before when I said that Mark Hoppus wouldn't listen, I'm lying. This is you. I'm taking your advice. Going straight to Mark Hoppus. Liam Ganane for Blink-182's album 10. It's going to be out. It's going to be out Jan 2021. And Liam's, Liam's nodding his head right now saying yes. <laughs> I, I, I actually reckon that would sound rad. Like It'd be a fun time. I reckon we'd we, we'd make some pretty interesting music. Robert Smith on every Skiba track. Well. Oh, dude, Robert yeah, Smith. Yeah, 100%. I'd replace Skiba with Robert Smith. <laughs> that could only improve any band, though. So Robert yeah. Skiba. I'd still... Skiba can still play guitar. I'm just saying I'm just going to put Robert Smith in place of Skiba. I, I even think Skiba would be like, yeah, that's fair enough. I'm, to give Skiba credit. people who disagree. To give Skiba credit where it's due, I reckon, I know you didn't like the California album, Liam, but I reckon he and Mark's voices complement each other so well. Like I'm so, uh, I'm so accustomed to this, to that, you know, balance of Mark and Tom that I was like apprehensive going in with another guy doing vocals where Tom could be doing vocals. For the music they're writing, it's definitely better, especially because Tom had that post-wine painkiller addiction voice, you know. Be like, what's the plan of society? I just got chills. <laughs> <laughs> That's spot on. But I also think that uh, Skiba kind of, he just, he had a very inoffensive tone and Mark's got a very inoffensive tone, but he offers a bit of a higher range than Mark does a lot of the time. Yeah, I agree. I don't and think they like he- wrote to, to take advantage of his range that much, though. Like, there's lots of times when he's like bored to death is a really good example where he sings in like the exact same register as Mark, and like, I genuinely struggle to tell their voices apart sometimes. It's like, oh, dude, like, is like also Mark's agree. Or- yeah, I when bored to death came out, I had that issue. Like, it was a I good think song. there's like a bit. I I think that there's some deep cuts, you know, like the pool song. That, you know, probably, I fuck with the pool song. Oh, that hits, yeah. I hits I different. really fucked with songs like um like like the intro song Cynical. That was that was really really cool. And Kings of the Weekend. That was another great song. There was like like you said, there was some deep cuts. I actually didn't rate their singles that highly. I think they picked the singles nah. pretty poorly they, for yeah, that they, album. They chose the wrong a ones. Big agree. Yeah, you know what was bad um, it was Left Alone. That was like it was like a real skeeper centric track, but like. That's one where his vocal performance was top notch. They actually let him like fucking send it in a bit. And it's like, that's when Skiba's good when you like let him cut loose and actually 
Go for it. <laughs> that was a long ass album. That was like 24 tracks. I reckon they could have halved that and gone with a more traditional like 12 tracks and just kind of yep. taken the best songs. It's really I agree. The it's wrong been ones, so quantity over quality. Mm, 100%. Anyway, I reckon we should move on to the last little thing that we have to do. So, Stefan, because you're like the first guest, a lot of this, we're, we're, we're going to test a, like a regular, hopefully a regular segment for when we get guests on. So, I'm just going to be asking you a couple of you know, fr- friendly interview questions and, you know, you just respond honestly. Just be yourself, man. No one's here to judge you. And uh, it'll be short, quick fire. So let's get started. So we've been talking about Blink-182 and the influence that they've had on, you know, both of our musics. Why do all of your best releases sound like they belong on Blink-182's worst album? Um, I'd have to say probably because we're trying to, you know, steal as many of the ideas as we can, but we lack the talent. <laughs> I'd agree. <laughs> uh, in 2017, you released a song, Wasted Youth, and now earlier this year, you've dropped a new single called Wasted. Have you just <laughs> resorted to lazily plagiarizing your own catalogue? Uh, no, I, I just came to the realisation that I've grown a bit older, so we just rewrote the whole the same song, and you know, I'm no longer a youth, but I'm still wasted, so Terrific. it's growth. <laughs> of sorts, of sorts. If you if you've had some growth, you need a if you've got a growth, you need to get it checked out, mate. Um, <laughs> on your Spotify page, you've actually curated a song, a uh, playlist rather of songs that serve as inspiration for you, and you listed Fidelity by Reside as one of them. Uh, did you not think to aim higher and maybe pick one of our better songs? <laughs> um, I don't know if you ever release a better song than Fidelity. Maybe maybe it'll go on the playlist. <laughs> Beautiful. And lastly, <clears throat> uh, so I saw your music video for Wasted and rather than shooting it in the typical sort of house fashion where you'd fill out a room full of people that are partying while you're playing music, you were walking through an empty house and you are playing through an empty house. Was this because you had trouble finding anyone that liked your music enough to be in a music video for you? No, it's just because it, it felt most like when we play an actual show and nobody turns up. So <laughs> we, just, we just wanted to replicate that. It's where we felt most comfortable. <laughs> oh. Bloody fantastic. It's ah, authentic. You couldn't have answered those better. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Stefan, got- thank you so much for uh, joining us. Yeah, hey, I think that so might about me, wrap it up. Bottom line, I hope you're staying safe. I hope you're staying sane. And it's been awesome talking, man. And I'm really, really keen to hear what you guys do next. Right back at you, lads. <laughs> yeah. uh, that EP is coming out on uh, the 2nd of September. Yeah, try and stop it. Excellent. Oh, we will. Don't don't right. you worry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I've been Liam, and uh, and I'll remain to be Dylan. And uh, this has been probably running with nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> still yeah. running with nothing. That's the placeholder I'm name. Gonna, I'm just going to keep planting that seed because <laughs> anyway. All right. Thank you for so much for listening. Uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. We'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Yeah.